amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. All systems go. Prepare to be astonished. You can't handle the truth. You should fully expect the unexpected. You are now turned into the boiler room with your host, Omar Figo Binu and Nathan Kalasho. Okay, so it's uh it's Holy Week. It's probably one of the busiest weeks of the year for um those who are, you know, heavily involved with the church, whether it's uh in the choirs or servers or uh whatever any other kind of volunteers and uh it's def- definitely um uh pretty busy. Uh and uh, on uh on another, another on another note, um Right now I'm here with Steve because everybody else is once again tardy. Nathan's going to be here in a few minutes. Rafa's going to be here in a few minutes. And Mark might not show up tonight. So uh, it's going to be, um, what would you call it, Steve? Playing uh, hooky from the show? You know what? I think the weather has got everybody uh, a little crazy. It's beautiful out there. It's gorgeous. Tomorrow they say it's going to be uh, close to 70, about 68 or so. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Did you hear about that? Close to seventy. Yeah, I think spring has sprung. Thank officially, God. Officially, officially. Well, it uh, it did kick in uh, last month, but um, we had some cold, cold weather a couple of days ago. Yesterday, actually, we had some light flurries. Even, you know. I saw some snow on the ground. It was pretty, but uh, pretty somber. Yeah, it does kind of does kind of set you back uh, mood wise, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you what also sets me back mood-wise, uh, this topic today. Um, I think it was something that uh, had to have been brought up. Um, it's been going on for years now. Um, it's something that uh, should be addressed, needs to be addressed. And uh, those are those uh, part-time parishioners. Uh, I'm sure we're all guilty of it, uh, some more than others. And some could care less. Um, you know, they say, hey, I do my own thing. I pray at home. I pray by myself. And that's all fine. Trust me. But uh, with the avail- availability and the accessibility of uh, the churches around town, there really no is no excuse to, uh, you know, miss Mass and, and uh, Eucharist and confession and things like that. Uh, not to mention... Um, this week is definitely a big confession week. Uh, if you haven't done so, uh, it's it's one of the uh, Easter uh, uh, traditions, and uh, it's, it's it's synonymous with Easter's confession. Uh, you know, clear the palate, uh, died for our sins. You know, the whole shot. Uh, we definitely need to uh, look at some uh, um, 
some self uh, self learning, self teaching, and uh, look inside ourselves and 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 really, you know, see what Easter means to us. Uh, get the kids involved. You know, the Easter egg hunt, the Easter egg painting. You know, the baskets, those are all nice and everything, but uh, the reason for the season is definitely uh, Jesus Christ, uh, the way he was martyred, the way he, he, he rose from the dead. And Well, uh, here's the thing, okay? Um, you know, the the ones that go to church twice a year, okay, well, Christmas and Easter, okay, three times a year, they go to they go on, on Good Friday to, to kiss their cross and drop off their money or whatever you want to call it, right? So... The question is why, and I really would love to hear from our callers, our listeners. Um, if, if you know somebody who's guilty of that, maybe if, if anybody has talked to anybody else who is guilty of that, why? I mean, what's the purpose? What do you think you're accomplishing by attending church, um, Christmas Mass, uh, Good Friday, and and Easter? You know, I mean, even Palm Sunday. Okay, so you have four days out of the year. Four days out of 365 days that you attend church. Why? I mean, why not make it a more, you know, a more consistent thing? What's what's your point? And on, uh, it's, it'd be interesting to hear from from people. But what are what are some of your thoughts? But before we, uh, Steve, um, before you get to your thoughts on that, we want to encourage our listeners to call in at three four seven eight five seven three eight four seven. That's three four seven. Eight five seven three Omar, I think it's a combination of things. You know, you could say, oh, lazy, um, summertime, you know, I'd rather be on Cass Lake on Sunday afternoon. Um, and for every excuse, there's always a comeback. Well, you know, it's an hour a week. You can't afford an hour a week. Um uh, Cast Lake on Sunday, we'll go to 10 o'clock Mass. Uh, I mean, there's really no excuse to not attend Mass. And, you know, no one's looking for a perfect attendance. You don't have to be there every week. You don't have to be at every event. You don't have to be at every uh, uh, church gathering or, or whatnot. But I think if people really took the time to understand what it means to be Catholic, especially in this day of age, Okay, you could have been born anything, and I'm not saying different religions are are better or worse than others, but you could have been born anything, and you are born into Catholicism. Okay, and it's just a wonderful time in this world to be Catholic. Maybe in not some you know some areas no, but you know in general, you should be proud to be Catholic. You should devote your time and energy to the church, whether it be uh, subtle donations or, or or giving your time, you know, helping out in different charitable organizations. I think it's really a good idea to manage your time and progress your faith. I mean, and and here's the thing: it's like, you know, again, I wanna I wanna go back to. Uh, what what do they think? I mean, why? Okay, if you're gonna go there tw- twice a year or four times a year, why bother? I mean, you might as well just stay home and pray during Christmas, pray over your pacha, you know, and uh, and not you know not go because what? Again, what you know? Who am I to 
to say that, you know, when somebody should or shouldn't go. But I'm curious to, I really am curious to learn the psychology behind it, to understand. And here's the thing. A lot of those people that, that do that still consider themselves, uh, you know, solid Christians. Whereas I would call them lukewarm. I think they're not even lukewarm. They're cold. Okay. For for years and years, ever since our parents arrived in this country and our, our grandparents and whatnot, church was a big thing. Mother of God was probably the epicenter, the hub for Chaldeans and their faith. They're They're deeply rooted and... You know, it's sad to say we'll never see something like that again in our lifetime, especially in the next generations coming up. We'll never see that uh, devotion to the church. And well, I'm gonna have to uh, I'm gonna have to disagree with you there. I think that um, um, you know, at the same time that you know, people we have these quote unquote lukewarms that go there three or four times a year. Um, I think that our, our churches and our younger priests and, and, you know, all the programs that have emerged through the churches have, um, you know, they, they've they've done so well in terms of developing programs and whatnot that it has drawn a lot of the youth uh, closer to the church. Omar, I think, I think people think it's a burden. I think, I mean, it's just, you know, that's the mindset. Especially with this fast-paced world, it's 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 a burden, you know, to most people to go to church. You ask them, "Hey, did you go to church this week?" No. Why? I don't know. I mean, there's really no excuse. Uh, Nathan has joined us. Nathan, Nathan, gentlemen, what's up? Hey, you're back finally after a two-week hiatus. I needed a little break time. Are we that bad? Come on, man. Where's Mark today? Uh, Mark said he might not be able to make it, so we're we're you know we're waiting on that. So how you been, man? Been pretty good. How about yourself? I miss you. I haven't seen you since that last meeting that we had. Well, I've never seen you, so don't you know don't feel bad about that. But uh, uh, otherwise, uh, yeah, the feeling is mutual. Uh, it's you, you've been out of here for two weeks. I hope you've enjoyed your time away because uh, today it's uh, a little bit of torture for you. We've been a little busy. That's why. I mean, um, last week I had an event over on the east side. Um, our our organization teamed up with St. John's, and we provided a little uh, medical lecture. Uh, we're going to start doing those maybe once a month, um, and it was pretty nice. It was there was a great turnout. Um, and what we, is this for? It's basically uh, uh, medical awareness. Okay. So um, we bring out a few doctors, and they present. It's basically like a, a free uh, mass ca- consultation. Right, and so, is this for Invest? Well, Invest is is teaming up with St. John's to present and to you know uh, come up with the actual lectures. Um, so we're helping promote it, organize it, and and do things like that. It, it ties into what we do, obviously, in terms of education. Uh, the doctors at the St. John Providence Health System have come out to our sites to lecture the students as well. Um, so we're seeing a good response from it. That's great. What's the uh, what's the long term goal with that? I mean, right now there's so many. You know, with when it, the worst thing about um, 
obviously it's always there's always the, the biggest barrier to in our community, especially on, on that side of town, is always going to be the language and transportation. So, um, a, a lot of times families will be reluctant to send their, you know, to send their own their their kids or themselves to the doctors just for routine checkups. And so what this does is it allows the doctors to speak to them. Uh, like I said, in a, a lecture type setting, um, the they can ask questions privately through notes, or they can just ask their questions publicly. Uh, so the the long term goal of this is just educating the people on um, medical conditions and how important it is to get to get checkups, um, certain checkups for uh, preventative measures and things like that. So we're we're excited about it. it like I said, it was it was a great turnout. That's great. Yeah, uh, it definitely sounds interesting. It's good. I'll, you know what? I'll let you know next time we when we have the next one planned. Yeah, um, for sure. Now, are you guys like videotaping these or recording them anyway? No, we we didn't record the last. Well, actually, yeah, there there was a, a photographer who came out, um, but that wasn't done on our end. I think that was done on their end. So I and um, I think a, a lady from Ishtar TV was there as well. So we'll have another one. Like I said, we're trying to do one a month and we'll cover different topics and um hopefully next time it's not on a Wednesday night. <laughs> and where where was this held? It was at Bellagio. Mm. It was at Bellagio on Fortune and Ryan. Um Amid gave us the gave us the hall uh for free. He was you know, he was being he was very nice about that. We appreciate that tremendously. That's great. Yep. So before you got here we were uh we started talking about um, the lukewarms, the uh, the part-time parishioners, if you will. Um, you know, there are people in our community who see fit to attend church only maybe three or four times a year, those being Christmas, Easter, Good Friday, and maybe Palm Sunday. And so we're just curious as to the psychology behind that. Why? You know, it's like... You you consider yourself a Christian, so why only attend four you know church three or four or two times a year? You know what do you think you're accomplishing with that? Well, let me let me premise this by saying that I don't think I don't. I mean, there are people who attend church and attend church so often. Um, aside from the the Sundays or the or the Saturday night masses, that doesn't necessarily make them good Christians, right? So. And that doesn't necessarily make people who don't attend Mass bad Christians. So I think, was your question more of why are people reluctant to attend weekly as, as they should? Yeah. Okay. I mean, if you dislike church, why bother attending it even those two times a year? Okay, so we know that some people who don't attend church are still can still be good Christians. So if you have a problem with church, why even bother attending it? I don't think it's, I don't think people who don't attend necessarily have a problem with it. I just I just think they don't know the importance and they don't know the, their obligations or what their obligations are supposed to be. You know, a lot of times you'll have families who don't attend or parents who don't attend, children who don't attend, just because they don't know uh, how to truly prioritize. And unless they're reaping benefits immediately, uh, then they don't really consider that a necessity. And it's not just with church, it's with any type of um, charity. You know, I mean, Omar, for example, how much do we struggle to see uh, 
regular attendance in some of the committees that have been set up. Right? That's true. And that's because people are not reaping benefits to some of these things. And unfortunately, self-interest plays a huge part when it comes to how people prioritize their time. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, Rafid has just joined us. Rafid. Hello, hello, fellas. How are you? Hey. I have an issue with you, Omar. Yeah, what's that? I've been coming to your studio for a couple of years now, and we go over this every time I come in here. For the love of God, can you put some water in the refrigerator? You're the only guy who insists on saying that. Lukewarm so water, this guy. Like, my goodness. <laughs> hey, no, I don't have a problem with warm water. It's but actually healthier for you. Yeah. Okay, thank you. I learned that from, I learned that from uh, some Indians that I used to... Uh, you should be friends with. I mean, if you put ice in their water, they would try to fight you. Really? Oh, yeah. What would they try to do? Spill cotty on you or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you tried Indian food before? Oh, I love it. There's that. Have I you never have and never will. Oh, yeah, you're missing out, Robert. House of India on 13 Orchard. You ever go there? 13 Orchard? Yeah, House of India. Oh, on the other side. Mm-hmm. I used to go to um, what is now called Staff Ronds. Um, but there's a good place that I go to now is in Novi. It's called Indo Fusion, and it is absolutely. I mean, I is that the one on uh, Grand River? No, no, that one closed down. Really? Yeah, it was, that one was called like Murchie or something. No, the one the one in Novi is called Indo Fusion. It's in the Fountain Walk where the theater is. Okay. Um, and we're Lucky Strike and all that. Yeah, Bar Louie and all that. And Bar Louie and all that, yeah. Okay. We're and, just at Bar Louie Saturday. I love their food. Bar Louie is good. So Bar Louie is owned by uh, Caldeans. Yeah. yeah, Anthony yeah, Morogi. Yeah. Um, so, no, it's pretty, it's, it's a going cuisine. It's Indian going cuisine. It's, it's awesome. You should try it. So, anyways, put some water in the damn thing, please. Well, Rafa, Why to don't you just do it right now? I do. I how do every you, time okay, I come. How many in. did you put? I put four. I put one in the freezer, okay. and I hope I forget it. And it'll okay, be all. I wasn't allowed to drink the waters in the fridge except for us. Fucking up over here. Well, here's you know what? Th- Let me tell you my experience with those people that come twice or three times a year to church. Me especially, they drive me up the wall. Work in the St. Thomas parking lot, those are hell to deal with. And I'm sorry to use that kind of language, that they have no respect for church, no respect for anything, and they just, oh, my goodness. I mean, they come out of their cars wanting to fight you. You know, they think that, you know what, it's their duty just to come Christmas, Easter, and that's it. They're done. This is good enough. They're Christians. I heard a story a couple years ago from one of the parish council members. And he said one guy, because he was telling him how to how to park or how not to park, got out of his car and started swearing at the guy's sister. How about that? Oh, man, I just got a text message saying we can hear someone eating. On them. <laughs> <laughs> That's Omar Bendo, by the way. So he told me. Like I said, I don't think it necessarily, it, you cannot determine whether or not someone's good or bad. By the amount of time they've been church, I think that you know you're 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 treading on very very uh, dangerous territory there. Is it? Um. So, what do you think, Rafa? I mean, you you've been in the parking lot, like you said. Um. Why? What's the psychology behind it? Why? Why do they only get there? 
I think they they cannot commit to come every week. Yeah, uh, it's more out of guilt that if I go to Christmas, and a lot of times it's not so much the mass; it's what they do after mass, the big get-togethers, the pacha night, or you know. <laughs> Almost just locked out. It's so, did you see the Pacha Night? Pacha Night, Cards Night. I remember when we were younger, when we were kids, go eat Pacha and play cards all night long. You're talking about during the holidays? Yes. Okay. So, so to we're... them, this is part of the tradition. Go to church yeah. and have a get together after. has nothing to do with spiritual life, going to heaven, becoming a better person, or whatever. <laughs> so let me get this. What do you? Let's let let me point. Let me say it this way. Do you judge someone based off the amount of times they go to church? No, but like I said, when I was in the parking lot, yeah, you can tell these people only come twice a year. They don't respect the rules of uh, the house of God, if I okay. may. They just inside in the park. I mean, one guy. Inside the church wanted to fight us because he didn't want to move. We told him you can't stand in front of the door. But what's the difference when somebody who thinks that they're entitled, for you know, you know the people who are so church committed, who are there every week, who are um, parish, uh, uh, parish parish council members, the, the ones who feel like they're entitled? Because there were issues all the time where they were getting special treatment when it came to parking spots. Not in my church. I'm sorry. Shame on them if anybody Don't got say that. not in your church. When, when, you mean, now, you when, when you were there. running the parking lot? Yeah, not me. You know, let me tell you, I always tell the story. Okay, did it happen or not before you were running the parking I'm lot? sure it does. Oh, absolutely. One time, my mom, my cousin was bringing my mom and my aunt. My yeah. mom had just had knee surgery. Yeah. My cousin, by mistake, came in from the exit side because she didn't want to wait behind the cars. Okay. I stopped them. I made my mom come out of the car and walk these steps. She just had knee surgery. I would whoop your ass. I swear to you on anything holy. On the side steps. Omar, you hear that? It's true. I I would whip. I posted a status about it one time. I was clowning on this guy. I would whip his ass if he did that. You know what? He deserved it, too. It's good for, you know what? Nobody's special here. Nobody. One time we made the bishop wait. We didn't know it was a bishop. That was hilarious, too. But you know what? Ibrahim at the time? Yeah, Ibrahim. Wow. Oh no! How is he, he doing these days? By the way, I haven't seen I him. him. I haven't Today, seen him since far away. September. He's going to Chicago with Bishop. Oh, Francis he's going to go to the the funeral. <laughs> to the funeral, and then I think they're going to San Diego. Yeah, for the ordination. And then from there, by the way, uh, Bishop Francis will be going to Turkey yeah. for twelve days. Yeah. To do masses and you know celebrate celebrate masses. Easter with them. Yeah. And all of that. Is he gonna? Is he gonna be going to that area of where those six six thousand uh, Christians are? Um, I don't know. I didn't. I haven't. I, somebody else told me he was going, but I didn't talk to him yet. Which area about, is that? There's an area in Turkey. Uh, thousands of our refugees reside in, and there is there's no church there. So there's no clergy. They haven't. They had not all attended over, mass. Not well, yeah, I'm I'm talking about that specific area where they didn't they didn't attend mass. They didn't celebrate mass for six years, until um, until they just uh, a few of the clergy just went a That's few months ago. That's why we're trying to they're trying to do a regular basis. Yeah, certain priests can go a certain time to make sure they celebrate. And this is funny how we can tie this to our topic today. These people are begging. They were crying. To listen to Mass, to celebrate Mass, and then people here just take it for granted, coming here, you know, wear their suits, their classy dresses, or what might be. 
coming to church twice a year. A lot of times there's no room to sit. They're out in the hallway chit-chatting, and, you know, it's like this is it. They're doing the church a favor. So do they still, do you think they still come to church? Like those people that come so minimally, the twice or three times a year, they come dressed up in suits and stuff? Yes, absolutely they do. And as I was telling uh, Nathan in our audience when you were gone, a lot of those it has to do with tradition. It's not just so much the church. It's the big gathering after. It's the get-together. Hmm. What they're going to do after, getting, you know, the pacha night, the cards night, whatever. It's casino night. Hmm. I remember those. I used to hustle my dad and tell him, whatever you win, I get about 50% of that. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's kind of hard to hustle your the dad. The Tulls beer and all that? Tulls beer, con that's, con. that's the game right there, boy. So basically what you're saying, it comes down to, you think these people are there just to show off? Not show off. They Out of guilt, out of guilt, they have to show up to church in their in their mind. Then why the, why dress up like that? I think they're I just out of touch. I think they're out of touch with how we are now. I mean, exactly. people. No, it's always been like that, man. When I was a kid, the same. That's thing. what I'm saying. But they're out of touch with how we are now because now it's not as you don't have. It's not as formal as yeah. before. You know, people go to people. A lot of people go to church in jeans. There's nothing wrong with it. I, I do think it because now there Absolutely. are more masses, Nathan. Usually they dress up for the high mass. Like okay. the midnight mass. The midnight mass, yeah, you're right. Mass, you know what? You're right about that. Yes. But that's usually the, the high masses are usually an older crowd, anyways. Yeah, for the most back, part, yeah. Back in the day, that's what I mean. Yeah. We didn't have English masses, and those were the high masses. Yeah. Now, you know, they're barely. I went to, I went to Sunday night mass at St. Thomas last week, and it was packed. 7.30. With younger folks? Younger. It's all younger, yes. Well, it was great. packed. Just, I'm talking about almost as packed as the morning mass. It's always like that, and especially Palm Sunday. A lot of people also show up to Palm Sunday. Those are, I don't want to say the twice a year. Those are like once a month type of people. Those are like the obligation people. Yes. Right? Usually when there's a big holiday, they go. And, they go. Yeah. Actually, Father Frank at the time, uh, a few years ago, had told me that Palm Sunday is the biggest day of the year in terms of attendance. Would you wow. believe that? I believe no it's way. a happy day. In attendance? No yeah. way. That's what he told me. No, I think you misheard him. No. Other than that, no, what are you talking about, Omar? At St. Thomas. But Omar, Easter, I can't be right because on Easter and Christmas, they have like order four. Shuttles. Yeah, they have four masses. They have shuttles that are picking up people at the hospital over here on, on uh, Henry Ford. He They're, said the Palm, at Palm Sunday one time it got so bad that the fire marshal had to come in. Yeah, that's different. What did the fire marshal do? Shut the church down? I believe he stopped people from more people from coming in. No way. No, yeah, like, oh, you're, yeah. you're mistaken, Habibi. I think this is where your blindness comes to play. <laughs> you don't see. Because uh, on Easter... You know what? You're stupid. Okay. I love you. But on Christmas, okay, every Mass packed and three shuttles nonstop for the first three Masses. <laughs> well, I'm just telling you what the bishop formerly known no, as Father Frank has hear. told me. No, sir. You know what? Why don't you ask him one day? It would be dumb to ask him. Why? He's the one who told me. Maybe I, I witnessed it. What do you mean? He'll tell you. I'm telling you right now. People are probably laughing at you right now for uh, for that comment. Well, we want our listeners to call in with uh, questions, comments, and laugh at me, too. 347-857-3847. You know what I, I found myself doing a lot is... Uh, I like to attend uh, 
you know, American Mass, Roman Catholic Mass. And traitor. <laughs> <laughs> but on holidays, I always find myself attending Chaldean Mass. I think I just feel more comfortable. I, do you, do you find the mass church or uh, structure mass? different? Chaldean church. Sorry. Do you like the structure of the uh, of the Latin mass? The structure, I like it more. The hymns, I really appreciate the hymns at Chaldean Church. The, the Chaldean the ones or the English ones? The Sudeth ones. Mm. Um, I, I appreciate them tremendously. I think, you know, because as soon as it, you hear them, you know that how ancient it is. So I think maybe that that has that plays a huge part. Yeah, I, I like the Chaldean hymns too. I like them even more than the Arabic, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I think everyone's going to agree with you there. People are partial uh, for good reason towards Sudeth, and they are Arabi. Especially Rafa, he hates it. What's that? Arabi. Arabi. <laughs> I don't hate it. You just don't like it, right? It's a last resort. Why shouldn't I, you know, like learn Chaldean? <laughs> what, so you can communicate with ISIS? Is that why we need to learn Arabic? Yeah, that's exactly why, Rafa. <laughs> you know what? You hit the nail on the coffin, man. <laughs> so, which mass are you going to attend this Easter, uh, Nathan? I'm going to attend um, the St. Thomas uh, Easter Sunday Mass. Why Sunday? Why not? I'm not going. I'm going to go to my grandma's who lives up in Grand Blanc Sunday. So, I'm not going to go. Is that go. the Kalesha side or the other side? No, that's the my mom's side. My mom's family lives in Grand Blanc. Most really? of my dad's family lives in San Diego. Oh, okay. Yeah. I lived in Grand Blanc for four years. I'm debating either Mother of God or St. Thomas 4 o'clock Mass. And then after that... Isn't that when they have the play? I don't think they have a play anymore. Oh, they, they don't have, have a play? play? Yeah. They uh-huh. cut that out? And then after that, I'm going to go watch Michigan State. <laughs> right, Nathan? <laughs> they're going to they're gonna so get sla- They're going to get slaughtered. doesn't matter. Where's Michigan? They're going to get slaughtered. Where's Michigan? Well, we're chilling right now, probably working on our GPA. Yeah, probably. They're going to be watching uh, MSU. No, they're not. Are you serious? Yeah. (laughs) Let me tell you something. Do you remember the Chris Webber moment against Duke in the championship? It was against North Carolina. Or was it North Carolina? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think his GPA came into play when he... uh, Tried to uh, time out with, and he didn't even have any timeouts. So please don't talk about GPAs right now. I'm going to talk about GPA. Oh, Michigan, Michigan sucks. It sucks at what? <laughs> sports. Why we suck at sports? What, what has Michigan done? We were in the final. We were in the championship game two years ago. Uh, and then before that, how about football? We were. We won the Sugar Bowl in 2011. Well, when I was uh, growing up. What well, now, Rafid? Well, I was growing up. Michigan was always in a New Year's. They day. will be. They. I mean, they. they it's been bad. Off. It's been bad for a number of years. But Jim Harbaugh is, is is back in town. The savior, right? The savior. Yeah. Okay. The man. <laughs> the myth. The legend. How about you, Omar? Which uh, mass you gonna? I'm gonna be at uh, with the choir at two masses on Saturday at Holy Cross, five o'clock and nine o'clock. And then on Sunday at noon there as well. Let's ask Stephen. He's the one who doesn't go to church maybe twice a year, right, Stephen? Really? No, I used to see I used to see Stephen all the time at Prince of Peace. Yes. Every he's just in the same spot every Sunday. Rafa, go tend to your parking lot. Thank you. 
wait a minute. Why don't you come to a Chaldean church? I love Chaldean. I'll sing everything for you in Chaldean no, no. church. No, why don't you come to a Chaldean I know every, church? I know everything about the, no, the mess. Relax. Why don't you attend Chaldean church? Why don't you attend Latin church? Why? I'm Chaldean. <laughs> so, you're also Latin Roman Catholic. Are you not? Are you better than them? So, you're not Chaldean? I am Chaldean. Oh, okay. I'm Assyrian, actually. What? Ha- oh, happy Assyrian New Year. It's not just the Assyrian New Year. It's the Babylonian New Year. Babylonian well. New Year. What is it? 67, 65? Yeah. Wow. I want to so send a shout out to all my Assyrian brothers and sisters out there. We love you all, especially Omar. Prophet. So they've been exi- in existence for 6,765 years? Yeah. No, according to Mr. Fatuhi, well, the last a, 20 Amr, years. Amr says... Amr Fatuhi? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He says that, but he, he celebrates... He says it's the Chaldean New Year, and it's uh it's like 7,300 or something like that. Oh, wow. Anyways, it is the Assyrian and Babylonian New Year. It's um it's when they used to break grain. How did that or, come about? Can you tell me a little bit? I mean, what is the first year of Assyria? It was actually how did they come to this number? It was actually the Assyrians adopted the um, adopted the New Year from the Babylonians. So the it was it was it was a celebration of um, was it barley or or cracked or, or or bread? Basically, it was basically where they it's 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 called a kitu and it's when they break bread. Um, so that's it. I don't I don't know much more else about it. I mean, my New Year is January first. Nathan, were you at the council uh, rally? The what? The UN council rally? No, I had to cancel last minute. Oh wow! I was planning on going though. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Saw a lot of people out there. There weren't many at all, actually. No. No. What were the numbers? Uh, I don't know, but they were supposed to be much higher than they actually organized. Um, Chicago was supposed to have a bus of maybe 200. That didn't happen. Detroit was supposed to organize a bus. They 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 did, but it wasn't full. I don't know how. I don't know what the exact number was. But it was held right out. You're talking about the one well, out, right New outside Year the United to our, Nations. Happy New Year, brothers and sisters. I am not big. On uh, rallies, to be honest with you. Yeah. I'm really not. I'm not either. I don't know, man. I think people go there. They show uh, frustration, anger. That's okay. But a lot of times, what are you going to do after? Does it spark anything? Does it? Because to me, more bad can come out of it. Well, let's see. We've had that rally. We had the rally, two two rallies here. Or you want to call them demonstrations or whatever you want to call them. There was a big one in Chicago. Um, There was was huge in Australia. One in Lebanon. Uh, California had one. I don't see, I don't, I never heard much negative that came out of it. I mean, if anything, all it does is just provide awareness. I know what you're saying. It could be hijacked by people. Um, But... As long as the overwhelming majority are doing something peaceful, they're they're handling it peacefully, then all it does is just create awareness. But does it really, or is it more just? I I don't know. Is of it course, really? it creates awareness because it gets it gets covered by the media. The media puts a, a story about it. That's what awareness is. I don't know. I just think more negative can come out of it. Okay, tell me what like negative what? has come out of the ones that we've no, I'm had. I'm not saying these ones. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I love the one like. 
When I went I mean, to we're not the talking east side, about Ferguson protests right now. We're talking about the one I went to the east side was really really nice. That was the one awesome. downtown is really nice. With that, that was I wasn't there, but the I heard Bishop that was awesome. And, uh, um, but I just, you know what? I don't know how to explain it. It's like people come in there all charged up. Yes, 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 and then next thing you know, most of them disappear. Okay. Well, what do you want from them? I mean, that's how most people are. It's not just our community. Well, that's what I mean. We should focus. What can we do to keep people's attention all the time? That's okay. If if that's what they like to do, that's what they like to do. So focus on that. Uh, You're not going to get them to do anything else, Rafid. What percentage of our people are actually doing something? Here we go with that politically correct line again. It's not a a political correct line. How the hell was that a political correct line? (laughs) I agree with Nathan. Give me your insight on that. On what? Do you agree with it? I mean, do you like rallies? It depends on what they are. For example, the one on the east side was absolutely amazing. The one that was held, when was it? Uh, was it July or August? Yeah. Early. It was July, I believe. July? Yeah. That one was absolutely amazing. You had like 6,000 people running or, or walking the streets um, covered by a number of media outlets. I don't. There was nothing negative about it at all. Everybody chipped in a lot of their own money and resources to make sure it happened. Uh, it was so. great. I was there. I definitely agree with you. It was great. Pay attention, please. It was great. But did we parlay it into something bigger? What did we take advantage of these six thousand people bringing attention? What are you going to do? I mean, you're going to go up, go up to them and say, uh, "Go donate to help Iraq." The, not just donate. You're going to turn off. You're going to turn them off. No, not just donate. What? I'm talking about create groups, create whatever to work. For example, if you're going to D.C., you need as much support. Help us bring awareness. You can help out in many different ways than just donating. I tried for <laughs> for September when I went to D.C., I tried so hard to get as many people as I possibly could to come with me. I only got 12. So that's what I mean out of the 6,000 that showed up. Uh, you couldn't find more than 12 that are fired up about what's going on enough to go do enough to go do something like that no that's 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 just the way it works it's not just our community that's how communities are well so let back me ask to you the a, rally then let me ask so you was it useful is my question it, what did it's it useful produce? in other ways listen you don't need six thousand people to go to washington dc okay no, then you're but gonna have, we, but then you you're need gonna have more than 12 agenda you need you need more than 12 right i mean don't you agree i, I was hoping yes to get about no? 40 yeah, well, the only reason why I wanted forty though is so we could I could spread out a little more, so we could send people to a number of offices. But that was the only point. reason. That's my point. I don't mind rallies if they produce results, continuous results. After that, it's like a gathering, and then in the during that gathering, hey, maybe... Rapid, let me ask you a question. Mm. Out of the out of these rallies, do you think that more volunteers have come out say to help adopt a refugee? I mean, when you say that, I don't know. We didn't. We only led the prayer downtown, and I did meet a few new people there, got to know a lot of good ones. You have to take advantage of that situation. When people go out of their way, skip work, skip school to come to these rallies, a lot of these people do want to do something, but they need good leadership also. They need guidance. A lot of people, what can we do? I get that question asked all the time. That's my point. When you do a rally, we have to do something as a follow-up to capture that moment, to capture that momentum, if I may. Does that make sense? Yeah, okay, but suggest what the follow-up should be. That's what I mean. When you do a rally... Suggest what the follow-up should be. When you do a rally, you should have groups prepared, taking numbers, emails. Hey, this is how you can help. If we need to go to Washington, we might need you to do this email. 
blast, help us with awareness. So it's maybe, not just maybe like set a booth at these. La events? la la la, and that's it. They're done. Everybody goes home. That's not good enough. I'm sorry. I mean, it's great they showed up, but that's not good enough. We have to take advantage of our momentum. A lot of these people are there because they care. They want to do something, but they also need guidance and they need a leadership to guide them on how to help, how you can uh, take part. And combating, you know, what's going on. You know what, with that, I'm going to tie that back into what we're discussing right now. Leadership in our community in particular usually comes from the church. Not necessarily. Come on. I'm not saying all the time. Hold on. Hold on. You went to D.C., right? Yeah. You produced results, right? Did the church lead you there? No, they didn't. Oh, okay. Thank you. Okay. Rafid, what is wrong with you? No, no. I love Rafid. Raffid, I'm different. Raffid, I'm, I'm, I'm different. Okay, I know. People, I know that there there can be you can you can produce results through a secular movement. You can produce results through a religious movement. I get it. But what I'm saying is the majority of our community, when they look for guidance and leadership, religious. it's religious I because agree. we're that's what we're known as. Hold the Chaldeans on. are known as a religious Fine. group. Fine, I'll give you area. that. Which is it's okay. But let me ask you: the rally on the east side was it led by the church? No, it wasn't. So the people that put it together got 6,000 people to show up, right? Yeah. Why can't we get other people in there to go and take advantage of that 6,000? If you can get 5% of that 6,000. People were very reluctant for, you know. you know, 300 I, of 6,000, that's what, 5%. You know what I'm saying? This is, this is how, because you know when we were driving there, I went with Junior and, um, and Angela, your brother, Omar. Right. We were driving there. We were like. We were getting phone calls. Oh, they're not, there's not that many people. We started to get very skeptical on how successful it was going to be. No one knew it was going to be as big as it was. And that could be directly attributed to the setup, how it was basically in people's backyards in one of the most uh, populated areas for our communities on the east side. So no one knew as bi- how big it was going to be. I think if that, that was the case... Maybe it would have been a little different. But then again, it's very hard to set up a uh, a rally like that outside the church and then also have also direct people on what to do afterwards when they don't consider you a leader. You know how our community is. Too many, so too many chiefs, not enough Indians. But the people, the only time, the only people they usually mentioned. only people they usually listen to are the religious leaders. Unfortunately, that's sometimes, or actually, that's most of the time, that's the case. You know what? Like I said, <coughs> if these people uh, prepared and got 6,000 people to come out, we could have had a few people maybe do flyers, information sheet on how you can help, talk to people one-on-one. Again, it was over literally almost got, almost overnight. Like they were not expecting it. Rafa, we remember because we met with the people That's who my, organized Hold on, hold on. That's my whole point. Then what good is a rally if you don't take advantage of it? Just – Put it on the news. That's even worse. Well, awareness. Hold on. Usually... If the news comes out there and, and and tells your story, and then they want to follow up, and there's nobody else to follow up with, okay, that makes let it me tell you, Let me tell you why you're not, you don't make much sense right now. Because Ferguson held demonstrations. Ferguson is after, different. Listen. To, well, how is it different? Man, there was murders. There was. Listen to me, though. Eric Holder, the attorney general, ended up going down to Ferguson. Yeah. Well, it created more awareness. It got more people to think about racial relations in the United States, not just that. Then New York. This is what rallies do. They can turn out to be bad, yes, but the whole premise behind them is so that they create 
a certain awareness I enough disagree. enough to begin a conversation about I'm sorry, something. I disagree. Air Holder didn't go there because of quote unquote Ferguson. If we only had African Americans living in St. Louis and nowhere else in America, mm-hmm. believe me he wouldn't have went there. This was more for the entire country. Unfortunately, we don't have the numbers they got everyone. The reason why he went down there is because everybody started talking about race relations. Because in particular there are how many millions South. here, African Americans? Where? In in America? I'm not sure. I don't know. In the millions. We're nowhere near the numbers that the African American community is here. So please, that's not a fair argument. Okay, I'll, I'll guarantee you right now if you get 20,000 people at a rally in Detroit, the federal building, or anywhere in the metro Detroit area. You'll have every single news outlet in the country focusing in on you, and you'll be the topic of discussion. And then around if you the stop burning country. buildings and shooting cops, you're not going to burn buildings. Hold and on, shoot a cop. let me finish to, to compare it. <clears throat> you said why Eric Holder went there is because of violence. They were scared. You know, you had the police. This I didn't ask why Eric Holder went there. I said Eric Holder did go there, and yeah, it created a, listen, it created a conversation in the news. <laughs> That's internally. This is inside America, these issues. Ours is outside America. We have to work extra hard to get, you know, people's attention. You suck, Rafa. Yeah, you're politically <laughs> correct. I lied again on this. Wait, so what? what um, Stay out of it, Hold on, though. No. But uh, Rafa, he is right that our people are mostly uh, are led by, by the religious people, the, the religious authorities. You know, of the church. He's right about that. We're not political at all, actually. I mean, when you, if you look at us from an outside perspective... Come on, you're missing polit- my point. If you're going to plan rallies, you should have a bigger plan what you're going to do after the rally. How can he take advantage of it? That's my point. You don't need the church for that. I, 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 I The church could help out with that. I understand. But my point is... If they got 6,000 people to come out, I guarantee you at least 10% of those people wanted to do something more than just rally. Then why didn't they? Because there was nobody to capture that. That's my whole point. If the if Jeez, the church slow, if the church well, yeah, it's, it's true I am. If the church was there, Rafid, and they were to capture it, why do you have to say the church? Just say there was a group there to capture it, passing out flyers, talking to people one-on-one, because, because educating them. I'll this is you how why. you can help. I'll tell you why. Because if the church was responsible, you would have those volunteers you're looking for. You would have that bigger plan. You would have these people jumping down everybody's throat just to oh, help no. out. But the problem is, what if the rally turned negative? What if you had violence and, and fights? You know how bad the church would look to to lead something like that? The church is not responsible for that. You got to have secular. The church doesn't. The church doesn't necessarily have to lead it, but they can participate. You know. Oh, oh we got uh, we got Junior on the line. Another slap. Hi guys. Hey. Hey Junior. I, I have to. I have to. He's just he's giving that negative Nancy approach to it too. Um, guys, I'm echoing back there. By the way, I can hear myself. The speaker is low. So are you are you close by any speakers? No, I'm on my phone right now. Yeah, I you're hear myself e- completely echoing. Uh, you're not echoing here. We have you turned down, too. Yeah, here, I can hear myself. But anyway, so so um, Negative Nancy, how you doing over there? Right away, you want to knock down uh, protests and all that stuff. Who's, who are you no, talking, I'm talking to? To, to you. You're talking to you, to Negative Nancy, to you. I'm not being negative. 
Yes, you are. You are. No. You, you, because you know what? You you came with the same assumption last year, and you were so worried about it. And you we're not listening. If if in my opinion, if it was ever was going to turn as rough as it was going to turn in any situation, it would have been last year with the with the with the marches. And I got to commend those guys that did that march because in a matter of forty eight hours to be able to put that together on their own dime and come through that good. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, I got to stop you. Did you hear what I said in the beginning? I said they did a great job, and I was there myself. I did not say that. My issue is we did not make sure he covers all angles. They did a great job. I love them ever, but they also suck, and they did a horrible job. I said we, we, we should have captured it, Mr. Politically Correct. If what? anything, you're what? the politically correct one because you make sure that you 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 make, you, you, yeah. you make sure to sugarcoat everything. You know what you are? You're you're like sour patch. But you're the opposite. First you're sweet, then you're sour. That's funny from a nerd. <laughs> oh my god! Go ahead, guys. Jason. Slap me. Tell us. Okay, more. listen, listen. So anyway, so 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 you're saying that okay, it could turn into this and that. It can turn into that. We're not, we're not, okay, if there was a situation where maybe we were doing this where we're hopping and there was Hennessy involved and we're all in there drinking and partying. Not, but it's okay for people to vent. It's okay for people to be upset. Rafa, it's okay for them to scream and shout and say what they got to say and hold a flag and stop doing this. Going back to Nathan's point, if as long as it's not hijacked for the most dumbest reasons possible or somebody trying to look for their own agenda, it's fine. They've done everything perfectly fine. Yes, I think the church should back it up. Yes, I think the church should allow us. To I disagree. Okay, here's, here's another thought. All you want. Here's another thought for you, Rafid. So we all agree that the church, the, that most of the, our people in our community uh, hold the church as a leader, right? We, in, we can, uh, to an extent, yes. So we all agree with that. Okay. Then why? So if they do that, even the church has been unsuccessful in motivating these these people, these six thousand people, to motivate in, in producing the number of help that you're looking for. Don't so, say to a certain extent either. That's the truth over here in Detroit. What's that? The main, the 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 main, the main power bro- the power brokers behind leadership and any type of traction always comes from the church. The leadership o- as far as what? Not everything. Not Come everything. On. No, I'm talking about the majority though. But can I, can I, can I say this? No, you can't. Hold okay. on. Let me say my no, point. Hold on. It, 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 no, okay. I don't care. You're a caller. Hold on. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I said, listen oh. to me very carefully, okay? The rally was okay. great. 6,000 people were great. My issue is this. We did not take advantage of that to take it to the next level. Like I told Nathan, only he said only 12 people went to D.C. There's some kind of disconnect having 6,000 people fired up at a rally and only 12 show up to D.C. That's not their fault. That's a leadership. Well, I bet you if I connection. I bet you if I had the church backing me up and saying mm-hmm. this guy is looking for people to go with him to, to Washington, then it would have been something different. Uh, oh, I disagree. Instead and- of. Instead of I had somebody telling me you're not going on behalf of the community, you're not going on behalf of the church, blah, 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 blah. That's what happened when we went. Nathan, Just so you know. Am I right or wrong, Junior? Of course, yes, Junior. Anything correct. you say, you're going to say. Now, he was with me. No, no, no I'm not. I'm, I'm not. Listen, you're, you're wrong on that, Rafid. Listen, just because I'm Hold not on, man. If Nathan, favorite. if you would have went to no, these 6,000 people, hold on, man. If you would have went to these 6,000 people, 
and had it all in the plan, piece of paper, handed it out to every single person. This is our plan. This is who we are. We are going to D.C. Even if in there you say we don't represent the church or the church doesn't represent us, you really don't think you would have got support? Honestly, I don't know. I'll tell you based off examples. You know how many people have come to me and have said through since June, I noticed that you're doing this. I noticed that you're doing that. Whatever I can do to help, please let me know. There you go. That's my okay. point. The fir- I reach out to them once. It's it's like night and day the conversation. It went from whatever I can do to help, whatever I can do, please let me know. To oh, that's cool, man. Let me know how it goes. And let me that's, give you an, an analogy, Rafid. I, I still disagree. I with guarantee you. you, bring six thousand people to a rally. I disagree. Give them give them flyers about you have a specific plan. This is what we're trying to do. I Look disagree. at me, Nathan. This is what we're trying to do. Give these flyers to these 6,000 people. Have volunteers like Nathan, Derek, or whoever. Nope. Go talk to these people. No. Nope. Okay, I guarantee you would have had more than 12. I disagree. I'm going to tell you why. Here's an analogy for you. Okay? Consider Facebook and social media as an Internet rally. Okay? You have 200 likers. Out of those 200, how many people are you getting to help you in the kind of help you're looking for? It's the same concept. Where, where? I'm sorry, repeat that. Uh, on, on social media. Yeah, I get a lot of you people. Advertise, you advertise. No, you're your... wrong. I'll show you all these messages. Do you know how many people message me? Do you know how many people, if you put it out there, so do you what? remember when I was so in Iraq what? and I said we so need baby coach? Yeah. Hold on. So $20,000 in one night. What does that I'm tell you? Sorry. Okay, I don't what does that tell you? Hold on, Junior. How many people? Listen, you're wrong. Do you know why? Because you're going on behalf of the church. I didn't want that. And well, well, not with the church. It doesn't matter. Then you know what? You need to go, church. Church. Go, go back to what Nathan just said. Go back to what Nathan just said. You better say he sorry said, right now. I go to church every week. You better, not to the Chaldean church. Doesn't matter. They don't, don't know, know where he goes. Isn't that what you're saying? Don't contradict yourself. No. You're the politically correct one. No. Go ahead, Junior. Tell us how right Nathan is. Please. Go ahead. You're the sour guy. Go ahead. Tell us how right Nathan is. I'm not telling you how right he is, but I'm saying to his point. With what he's saying to you, people reach out and they dead it as fast as they reach out to you. And that's what his and Omar's message to you is. Okay, let's let 100 more come through. You might get 1% out of the 100 that comes to help. Really, Rafid? How many times have I been over there with you having to load the containers with one freaking arm? Because every person that I called who was ready to go, all of a sudden, the last second, oh, my aunt Shikyata's hurting. I got to go take care of her. Hold oh, on, go Junior. To, to be fair, <laughs> hold on. To be fair, honestly, if you're talking about the containers. No, I have I'm talking about everything. Like what? Everything. Let's talk about the containers first. How, I could get volunteers. Do, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I could go get ahead. volunteers. I've had a lot of them from the churches on the east side. But okay. the problem is, you know, with the containers, we don't have a specific time that they come in, right? A lot of people always tell me, give me a specific time and I will be there. My point, as I said earlier, if you were listening to me, not just to Nathan, hold on. Uh, out of the 6,000 <laughs> people, people, if you can capture just 5%, 5%, well, let's go 1%, that's 60 people. You tell me you couldn't get 1% to be active in your movement, even if they don't come with you to Washington, D.C.? They could have done a lot to help you. My point is, it's great. You want to do a rally? God bless you. I'll be there. I'll support you. But I'm more about you better wear a shirt after too. that. You need to have a good plan to capture these people, to capture the momentum. It's not just la, 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 kill ISIS. It's, it's not la, la, kill ISIS, but to be honest with you, 
they without even having a plan that you're talking about, did you know how many countries or how many people got to see what that rah 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 ISIS that you're talking about that happened at Ryan Road last year? Do you know how many people did that and how many people actually and how many TV stations I love actually it. saw you, that? You again, you're missing my point. Stop beating a dead horse, man. You're missing I'm my not. point. What did they do after the rally for you? Did you reach out to them? Did you have a game plan? Yeah. Yeah, the game what, plan. Did you let them know you're going to D.C.? He, he did another the rally. Game, the game plan, yes. Another rally was done. And after that rally, that started the momentum for Bishop Francis to start the whole teach team, to start the whole communication No, no, no. Team. no it wasn't because he, of the rallies. Habibi, don't try to confuse I'm not saying that. I, no, not it had I'm nothing saying. to do with the I, rally. That's not what I'm saying to you. I'm saying to you. Follow yeah, up started because, yeah, not just yeah. because I'm saying things were yeah. happening. No, things were happening before these rallies. I need to correct you there. Okay. Habub. Okay, Habub. sweetie. Okay, Habub sweetie. Hit me with boy. He hit me with that boy. All right, all right, Junior. Thanks for the call. Yeah, thanks for the call, basically. My name. Don't be sorry, kind of, Nathan. You're on your own here. Don't be condescending. Oh, that's my favorite word. <laughs> so, do you get my point? All serious. Uh, no. All kidding aside. No, I never, you get, your, get, I never get your point. One percent of the 6,000 is 6,000. I rather, I, I understand more when we're talking to one of my kindergartners. Yeah, I know. Who, like Junior? <laughs> we're going to let Junior is uh, my third grader. <laughs> we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Big O Productions, one of Michigan's premier recording studios, offers many great services, piano lessons, on-hold phone messages, custom commercial jingles, professional studio recordings, just to name a few. We offer the highest quality at affordable prices. Contact Omar Benu at omarbenu at gmail.com. That's O-M-A-R. B-I-N-N-O at gmail.com. You can also find Omar Benu's work at www.bigoproductions.net. That's www.bigoproductions.net. Invest, the International Network for Vocational Educational Skills Training is a Michigan not-for-profit company dedicated to the implementation of education in underserved communities. For more than six years, INVEST has structured educational programs geared towards the preservation of cultural and moral values through classroom and beyond. With two locations, INVEST offers quality education in a nurturing, supportive atmosphere. The elementary, middle, and high school offer free breakfast, lunch, free uniforms, and transportation and free classroom materials. Strict discipline and tradition are trademarks of Invest, and its loving environment has proven to be a strong asset to the community. Invest enrollment is open throughout the year. Come visit us and allow us to educate, protect, and nurture your children. Call 248 399 7033. That's 248 399 7033 or visit us on the web at www.investschool.org. That's www. 
Looking to sell your property? Looking to purchase a property? Commercial? Residential? Rental? Vacant land? Oakland Real Estate Associates. Over 30 years of experience. Let one of our professional realtors guide you through the whole process. You can find us at www.getyouahouse.com. That's www.getyouahouse.com. You can reach us at 248-799-9997. Oakland Real Estate and Associates. Relax, you're almost home. Looking for a more affordable way of entering high-end telecommunications? Backed by AT&T's network, Cricket Wireless is becoming a leader in the cellular industry. If you're interested in opening a Cricket Wireless location and need help along the way, you can reach Dylan or Tyler at Oracle Management. Tyler.yeldo, that's Y-A-L-D-O at oraclemanagement-mi.com. Or Dylan at Dylan, D-Y-L-A-N, at oraclemanagement-mi.com. Oracle Management. We take the road less traveled by. Thanks to everybody that's been listening and calling into the Boiler Room. Did you know that we could advertise your business, event, or an announcement? Send us an email request at boilerroom309 at gmail.com. That's boilerroom309 at gmail.com. mouthful of food. Oh, well, like usual. <laughs> I need to apologize here. I, You know what? I need to do a better job in communicating with people like Nathan Jr., the politically correct. I, I have a, a really hard time getting my point across to people like them. You, you should also and apologize. And then I also have a problem with, the, with our people. engineer over here. Every show he comes in here, how strict he is, he's got that Taliban, ISIS mentality with women. <laughs> And then he goes to American church. He's that liberal. Robert, just because you're a crazy evangelical doesn't mean that everybody d- who disagrees <laughs> with you is politically correct. That's it just not means me. that I'm not evangelical it just, at all. you're a crazy lunatic evangelical Robert person. has more skeletons in the closet than King Tut. Very funny, our engineer. Robert voted for Sarah Bachman last election. <laughs> <laughs> I vote based on looks. You, you exactly. also she looks good. That exactly. has nothing you, to do with being exactly. conservative. Exactly. You also need to apologize to all the blind people in the world. No, only you. Like I said this before, and I'll say it again. Yeah. Every blind person gets a free pass to heaven, except you. You need to earn it. Why? What have I done that's you different? You need to earn it. You are just a monster. How about the blind sheikh? No, him too. No, he doesn't. 
Yeah, I don't know, man. That one, that's a tough one. What do you mean? The guy's a freaking terrorist. Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. So all the blind people except one. That's two. me? No, two. Well, no, that one shouldn't even go. He didn't earn anything to heaven. But this one really needs to earn it. I'm really convinced of that. I'm a good guy. I'm I'm an innocent bystander. I'm, I Close your eyes and shut up right now. <laughs> Damn. So, Steve, can you tell us you always come on here? Hello. You want a 25-year-old uh, virgin. pure virgin. Just say virgin. Never dated there. in her life. Never left the house. Always was pure locked Pure Chaldean. Can't even speak English. That's fine with you. Yet... Yet you don't even step to a Chaldean. You don't even go to a Chaldean church. So basically, so basically, right, what we have is Rafid, the crazy evangelical, and Steve, <laughs> the Wahhabi Saudi, the Wahhabi Saudi Arabian. <laughs> this is quite the pairing here. Rafid, regardless of what church you go to, I hope I never become like you. Wow. That's not good. Wow. You know, deep down, you do. You really, really do. All of you. What? What? I just make it difficult for you guys to admit it. We what? Wait, we what? We want to be like. We want to emulate. We want to be like you. Which part? The loud or the obnoxious part? <laughs> go ahead, Nathan. <laughs> what else you got to say? About what? I know I hurt your feelings, but go ahead. You, you didn't hurt my feelings. It takes yeah. much more than that. You haven't stopped saying how I am an evangelical. I've never even preached here. You're psycho. Okay. <laughs> You're a tea partier, <laughs> evangelical. And you're an Obamanite. You're nuts. <laughs> so, Nathan, they took over to Creed, eh? Yeah. Did they really? Yeah. 100%. Yep. Man, it took them a month. They kept on saying they're close, they're close. It took them some U.S. airstrikes, some U.S. intervention. But, yeah, they took over to Creed. Very suspect. I'll, I'll continue to be suspect as long as Iran is as influential as they've been. Uh, there's one group in particular that I'm very suspect. It's the Al Quds Force from Iran. It's backed by this guy named Qasem Soleimani, and he is an absolute psycho nutcase. And he is so anti everything that it just doesn't do any good if they take over Tikrit, anyways. Also, it's Saddam's hometown, so there's a very this symbolic. This is a proxy war between the Shia, it's sectarian, and and Sunni. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's something sectarian. It's all over Yemen now. It's mm-hmm. been in Syria, yeah. Lebanon. And now it's in Iraq. Yeah. Once again, our people are going to be caught in the middle. It doesn't matter. Even if the Shia take over, they're not going to chop their heads. The Shia have been, the Shia have taken over have been the have been the dominant force ever since the fall of Saddam. What do they do? Maybe they don't chop your heads, but they close all your businesses down. Anything that has to do with alcohol, cover up, strict Muslim laws, Shia style. Mm. Um, I don't know. No, it's true. What do you mean it's true? They've shut down every single business alcohol-related. Oh, alcohol-related? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think yeah, most of, if yeah. your dad would call in us, he'll explain all that to you. Yeah, he'll tell me. Oh, he'll tell us. But um, uh, I think right now, out of the choices there in order to, to live somewhere, it has to be under or, or next to the Kurds. You always ask me what my political, you know, what my stance is. Here's my stance. I believe in total separation. Whether you give them a a safe haven or get them all out, Uh they cannot mix in in that society, in that part of the world anymore. No way, no way, no way. 
I'm curious to see what happens over the next decade or so, uh, especially with uh, President el-Sisi of Egypt. He sparks me as someone who could be the uh, the the face of the Middle East, the Arab region. He's well-liked by the Christians in Egypt, the Kuptis, the and he's, he's well-liked by the Western states, in particular the United States. I'm curious to see what happens over the next decade with the him. Extremist the extremists would not let him survive. Actually, he toppled the extremists. For now. Yeah. Extremist is an ideology. It's it's the book is there. You can kill millions of them. Millions more will come up. We'll see. I don't know. I mean, it's been fourteen hundred years, yeah. right? Yeah. They they had a brief period of peace, but uh, yeah, like two hundred fifty years. Uh, yeah, about two hundred fifty years or so. It was actually a very. When was that? It was the Enlightenment period. It was yep. uh, the Islamic Enlightenment period. I mean, that, this is when they produced a lot of scholars and artists. And when was this? Uh, Wasn't that around? The, this uh, was just before the Ottoman Empire. So it was. It was in between um, this, the the Crusades and the takeover of the, of the Ottoman region. Um, so probably fifteen, sixteen hundred. Right. Oh yeah, just before that. Yeah. So I'm curious. I, I I don't know. I mean, obviously we're we're skeptical. We 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 can't stand what's going on. Um, we have our doubts about the survival of Christians in the Middle East. Um, but we also know that it's going to be extremely difficult for the for these people to to receive asylum anywhere. So what happens when that doesn't happen? You know what happens? Get when their own the place, not Kurds, not Shia, not. Well, no matter what, when you place. when you say own place, no matter what, it's going to have to be through the central government. So it's not going to be their own place. Uh, it's going to have to be. I, I am very. I'm caught. I'm in between. I know. I, I really. I commend you for what you're trying to do, but I have my doubts because I I, I don't think it will survive there. I mean. Never. Christians will never survive in the Middle East for a long time. Look at, did you see what happened to the Egyptian Omar? I sent you that article about the Coptics, right? Uh, yeah. I don't remember if I looked at it or not. Okay. You, did you read about that? Which one was the it? The people where they were trying to build a church and memorial of the thir- 13 of the 21 that got uh, their yeah. heads chopped off, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. In their hometown, yeah. they wanted to build a church. Right. Guess what? The townspeople went crazy. It wasn't. Don't say the townspeople. There were some crazy people in the town. Okay. It wasn't like it wasn't like representatives of the town. Then why can't they build a church? Oh, they can definitely build a church. No, they can't. The government gave them the okay to build it. They will. They can't. They definitely they will. Won't. I promise you. They, they won't. definitely will build a church. But I not guarantee, there. I not guarantee there. President Sisi will make sure that they build a church. Not there. there. I guarantee that he makes sure that okay. make sure they build a church. Well, I, I I I hope so, but I don't think so. In that particular town, you mean? Yeah. It's where 13 of the 21 martyrs were from. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I read that. They're right. not going to. There are people are rioting. What do you mean? Go. Did you read the article? Don't say a few people. I read, the, I read the article. No, it was a few people. Yeah. No, I didn't say that. I said it was people in the town. I said it was not. A lot of them. Okay, I didn't say how the, the, what the number was. I was just I saying they don't. Rep- I said they there weren't they weren't representatives of the town. It's not like they were like the, you know the the official pu- public officials of the town. But so there were people rioting, rallies. Remember, it makes a difference. Had the best way. Yeah, it's true. Go read it. <coughs> so what else is going on back home? Uh, you tell us. You're the expert. No, I want uh, Nathan on the political side. Well, that's it. I mean, to create was is to create is done. It's the to create operation is over. It was a success, if you want to call it a success. Like I said, I'm, I'm skeptical because of the militias that were involved. 
Um, but it was supposed to serve as a smaller model towards the the Musil. Yeah, for Musil. So they want to, but Musil is going to be an absolute bloodbath. Listen, again, when I was in Iraq sitting and chatting with these people, they said Musil has always, always been, they, can have, they might welcome him, actually. You know, they're sick of probably ISIS right now. Yeah. They might welcome them, you know, but they'll turn on them right away. You know, That's what, their you know what the funny thing about Mosul is, is that when, when Daesh first went into Mosul, people were, a lot of people were happy. Of course they were. But they didn't really know that Daesh would turn into what they turned into. Because Daesh has progressively gotten worse in terms of uh, violence. Violence. They've gotten progressively, significantly worse, particularly in Iraq. And the the Maslawis had no idea what they were getting into when they were walking them and clapping their hands when they came into the city. I remember when we spoke to – I remember I was, my dad was on the phone with somebody from Mosul. It was just after the takeover, and – they were like everything is fine. People are welcoming them. Welcoming them. They're they're being very uh, 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 diplomatic with everyone. And then all of a sudden, complete role reversal, and the the ideology the, the ideology just became completely perverse. Yesterday, I was in a little debate with somebody. Yes. Uh, on Facebook about Tilkepe. Yes. She's happy. Oh yeah, I can't wait to liberate and. About you know Tilkepe? What? People going back to Tilkepe is, is like suicide because their own neighbors, mm-hmm. as, as the priest said it and a lot of people said it, that the church fell, all the buildings fell in Tilkepe before even ISIS, two to three hours before they stepped into Well, Tilkepe. ever since 2003, Tilkepe has been wide majority Islamic. Not many Christians. A lot of the Christians from Tilkepe went to Al Qosh after 2003. There's a lot of Tikip Naya who are living in El in El in El Kosh. I think so, a lot of them are in Hulk. I don't know. Well, I, well, whatever it is, they 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 left Tikipe, and I think there was only maybe ten percent of the population were Chaldeans or, or Soraya that, so, that were there. That's my point. There's no way they have a future there. Well, actually, though, when Unless you it becomes hundred percent Christian. Actually, what, what the the point behind all this is, if if we do end up getting a like a safe haven area, which is what the patriarch. I don't know if you guys discussed the. We didn't discuss the patriarch. No, you but, can tell us because yeah, I still so, haven't read it. Right. So when the you know the patriarch went to the United Nations, and so the whole idea is getting an internationally protected safe zone. That safe zone, the the most ideal location for it is Tilkep. Is Tilkep. Yeah, right around Mosul, but that's too close to Mosul. But it, it is close to Mosul. But if we have international protection, then that that might be something else because Tilkep itself, the district alone, is enough space for. About three hundred thousand Christians and about three hundred thousand Yazidis. So that could be the local administrative unit um, so he for that area. So he talked about that in the UN. He didn't discuss that specific area, but that's what the idea is. But he so. did. He did push for a safe haven. He pushed for a safe haven. Yeah, he Let pushed for internationally protected safe haven. Did he attack the Turks? He did not attack the Turks. Good. I know that was I a. I know. I know that was a. That was a big worry. Of that me. was a big worry of of many people, and you know what? He probably changed his after Bishop Francis probably spoke to him. Yeah, we were probably, worried about that. He probably changed his speech because he he didn't even mention the Turks. All he said was, "100 years ago, our people were uh, mass killed in a genocide, and it's happening again." So he didn't even mention Turkey at all, and. Um, 
I, I sort of wish that he did, but I, I know that our patriarch is very clever when it he comes to political speech. He should have mentioned the Turks of 100 years ago, but said something like the government now is doing better or should try to do better. The reason, of course, to, to our listening audience, we don't want him to go after the Turks because we have a lot of Christians who are living in, Tur- in Turkey right now. And the last thing we need is a pissed off Turkish yeah, government. Because or, they are psycho. Yeah, they are psycho, believe me. Yeah. And the, the government is okay, really, but it's the public. They're just... Actually, I think their president is nuts. I mean, he is... He, he's psychotic. Uh, Erdogan, he, he's a nutcase. And I think that they've gotten much worse over the past 10 years. I, I can't believe how radical some of their speech has become. It's disgusting. It's sickening. It, it's, it's not like Jordan, where the people there are are, are sort of Daesh sympathizers, but the government... Turkish, too. And Turkey, a lot of them. When but I the government, but the, state, but the state spokespeople are, too, as well. I mean, they are... Not as bad as the people. You go to some of these little towns, mm-hmm. these people are still living in the 1200s. 1300s they don't know anything yeah yeah so anyways so yeah that's basically what it is um they're expecting a uh an offensive a spring offensive in Mosul. i know we've been discussing that for two months it was supposed to happen earlier but they sort of withheld on that um they wanted to see how to create what happened Mosul is a city of 1.5 million which means that it's going to be a blood bath i don't think so i think there will the people of Mosul, believe it or not, I think they're going to turn against ISIS. This is what I understood, and they told me this, and they were very clear about it when I was in Iraq. They said the people of Mosul welcome you. Six months later, if they don't like what's going on, they will turn on you. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly what's going to happen. Well, I think they will turn on ISIS because they're tired of, just like they turned against the Shi'alad government uh-huh. that was there. Like you said, a lot of them don't like what's going on. It doesn't mean they're friendly to Christians. Mosul has always been anti-Christian there. But uh, what I but uh, that's the Daesh stronghold. So that's what I mean. It's going to be a bloodbath. It's going to. I mean, there is probably twenty thousand soldiers there for Daesh. Yeah, but the people of Mosul, the one point five million, a lot of them are going to turn against Daesh. Believe I, it or I not, hope, I hope they will. I hope we'll see. As much as I said that they welcome them, but they're also selfish in their own way. That they're probably tired of what Daesh has done to them and the way they're. You know, their lives has changed. Uh, they will turn on them, but then they continue to turn on everybody that will leave. We them. also have to see what happens afterwards because Mosul is predominantly Sunni. So if you're if, if Iraq plans on going there with a bunch of Shia militia groups, um, the Al-Quds Force, the Badr Brigades, and all these other heavily influenced Iranian puppets, then maybe the Sunnis will not as you say, turn on Daesh. In fact, it might be the opposite. Or the Shia militias, after the city's taken over, might seek revenge on a lot of the Sunnis there. Yeah, they know all of that, and I don't think they're going to go into Mosul unless they have a plan where they'll talk to these leading Sunni tribesmen, guarantee them certain things, like, don't worry, the Shia wouldn't be here. It would be self-governed. It'll be a Sunni-led government. It's just it won't be ISIS. If they can guarantee that, I think they will turn on them. I hope so. I yeah, mean, there was a report on CNN. The reporter there, she had go, she went to Tikrit. Well, you know, uh, Al Obadi went to Tikrit today, the prime minister. So he walked through the streets of Tikrit. Really? I yeah. did not know that. Yeah. I've and been C- out all day. And CNN w- went there, a reporter there, and she said, <laughs> she said, 
She said we saw a mili- or, or, uh, someone in military garb who was holding a head. Hmm. And it was somebody from the militia groups who said that he cut off who said that he cut off a, a member of Daesh's head. So that's like that's what I'm talking about. It's just like And you want our Christians to live among these people? Ah. I mean, no, I don't want to I don't I, if it were up to me we would it's have It's in them. It's in them, bro. You said you asked me if I wanted our people to live among them. No, I don't necessarily want my our people so to live among them. So you believe in separation? Total separation? With I don't see like I don't mind living with the Yazidis, with Turkmen, with Shebe. I don't mind living yeah, with the no, minorities. Yeah, no, I'm talking about from the majority of Sunnis and Shia of Iraq. I would like or to Kurds. have. I would like to. I mean, I don't. Also, mind don't. I, I also mind don't being neighbors with uh, with the Kurds. Neighbors of, or have them control your government. I, I don't. I need, no, I don't. No, the, we would have our own administrative unit. That's what it's all about, having your own administrative unit. Definitely, but I, I do I agree. I do agree with separation. Just well, like that, that town in Jordan. Remember that town in Jordan. What is separation? Like that, the, the, the separation that you're talking about. Uh, it's realistic if it's, realistic. it's it's realistic if we really try to implement it the, the proper way. It's it's if the Constitution ever gets freaking adopted or implemented the right way, then it's it'll work within the law. We need international force there. There is no way I would depend on the Kurds or anybody else. I'm sorry. The no problem. Way. The problem with international force is that the U. The only thing that the UN can send in are peacekeepers. So they'll send in a, uh, a mix of peacekeepers, but they won't necessarily be a military force. So, like for example, there are a lot of peacekeepers in, Pal- in the Palestine. So how area. would you do it? Hold on, I'm, I'm I'm really curious now. What's that? A safe haven. Yeah. How would it be guarded by who? By the peacekeepers. So you'll have local militia, like a local, like a national um, guard type unit. Which would be, you know, the Sudaya, so the Azidis, and all 10, that. Twenty thousand force of Daesh comes knocking. Well, in. well, one of those, one of the. Oh, the, that's the, too dangerous. No, listen. One of the main reasons why, or one of the most important aspects, is that the Syrian border has always been a problem. The Syrian border has always been a problem since two thousand three. It was basically it was just an entryway for for militants. That has to be secured. It's never been secured the proper way. It has to be secure. I think you're asking way too much just for a little safe haven for our people. I'm not asking too much. To I'm asking what's real. To be honest, that's more realistic than any other option that we have. No, no, I understand. I'm not saying I'm against it. Yeah. But that is asking a lot. Yeah. To secure that border? You have to secure the border. Mm. It has to be secured. That's the only way. Too many rivalries, too many enemies of each other, Sunni, Shia. You have the Syrian Ba'az, you have the Iraqi Ba'az, and, and then you have the Kurds of Syria, the Kurds of uh, Iraq, and then you have Turkey just in the north. Well, this is what Can't you do. Can't stand the Kurds of Syria. So. What you do is because, because you know why the people want our land so much. You know why the people want their land so much, right? A lot of resources. A lot of resources. Oil reserves. Uh, mineral deposits, a lot of resources. So we have to make them want to ke- want to have an interest in that land, not an interest for them to control, but an interest for them to make money off of. So we have to make sure that we work with all these neighbors. We will have be a, a local administrative unit, but you have to make sure that you work with them the proper way. You you want to keep them. You want to keep them. Or you want to keep a vested interest for them to have on that particular area. You have too many, just too many. Too many Kurds, too many Sunnis, too many Shias, Turkey, 
the Iraqi national government. Again, out of all, there is no way you're going to satisfy all of them. No way. How are you going to keep them all satisfied with that little piece of land? I don't know. That's a really tall order, Nathan. We'll really see. Tall order. It, no one I said mean, it's going to. No one said it's easy. But to me, looking at all of the possible solutions right now for our people, it's the it's the the most realistic one. Everything else is just getting shunned. Realistic for today. Once all the cameras are off of there, man, who's going to walk in next? No, we can't have. We can't have all the cameras off there. This is why there's a youth movement that's being led to make sure that this doesn't happen. So many, so many young people right now in the diaspora are leading this type of effort. It's it's gotten to a point. People know now. It's it's either this or extinction. This is what we're this is where we're at. You're in a you're at a crossroads. It's it's, it's, very, it's that simple. What do you think, Armand? Um, it's it's, a, it's definitely a catch twenty two. It's a choice of the un, the unfortunate thing is that um, exodus is is very difficult. It's been as has been pointed out. I mean, countries are not opening their fences to our people. That's that's a huge huge obstacle. And so I guess the only alternative we have is to is to seek that the uh, asylum. If it were up to me, obviously, I've always maintained this. It's whatever they want. If they want to get the hell out of there, we will try to do whatever we can. However, just so people understand the politics behind it, the policy behind it, the United States every year takes in 70,000 refugees. That's the cap. 70,000 refugees from all over the world. That was 40,000. 70,000. From all over the world. There's an allocation from cer- for certain parts of the world. There are, for example, like com- conflict areas, they get, they tend to more. They, the United States takes more refugees annually than every other country in the world combined. That is, that is what people struggle to, to, to comprehend. Not only that, but also... There are two and a half million IDPs in Iraq. IDPs are internationally displaced people. There are seven and a half million IDPs in Syria. There are millions of IDPs spread all over the continent of Africa. There are hundreds of thousands of IDPs in some of the South, South American states that, are, that have been experiencing violence. Uh, you can go countless and countless of, of area, conflict areas. It is almost, I shouldn't say almost, it is impossible to get our state actors to zoom in on the Christians of Iraq and give them the allocation for these visas. I wish to God it was that easy. I wish it was. But we've been told time and time again that it's just, it doesn't work like that. It, it doesn't. The only other option that we have is... Bring them to the Mexican border. <laughs> Let me ask you a question, uh, Nate. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, obviously, you've always been in favor of, like you said, letting them do, you know, help trying to help them do what they want to do. Always in favor of what they want to do. We are in no okay. position to tell them what to, what to do. But your personal That's preference. How he covers himself, like he tells me. <laughs> Go on. I'm sorry. Your your personal preference. Yeah. Do you think? And as Rafid made a good point earlier in, in saying that it's it's virtually impossible. Uh, for them to survive because of the the Sunni Shia bullshit, right? So, your personal if if 
countries and governments opened up their borders yeah. and made it more accessible for these people to, to live there. Yeah. Would you be more in favor of that, or would you be more in favor of them staying there? Oh, absolutely. No, like I said, if I would be more in favor of that if, if that's what they wanted to do. Yeah. So if, if Rafa, like for example, let's say the, the number that Rafa always uses, which is 8 out of 10 people, uh, 8 out of 10 Sudaya in Iraq who want to leave. If the if states opened up their borders, I would be the first. I would go there and walk them to the states, walk them to those those specific countries. It's all about saving lives, okay? But if that's not the pragmatic solution, you have to look at other other uh, alternatives. But here's a problem. There's a lot of IDPs in Jordan and Turkey, and Everyone yeah. we spoke to swore they will never go back to Iraq under any circumstances. Well, they well they probably won't be able to go back to Iraq unless they're granted right to return. I mean, if no, no, if you have a safe haven, and part of even that, of if, course, you can bring all the IDPs back. The well, Sarai, IDP IDPs are 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 people I'm who about are the Sarai, displaced Sarai. You're talking about displaced Sudai in other countries. Yeah, like so in Jordan, necess- Turkey. So they Lebanon. haven't necessarily been granted asylum in those countries. No, 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 no. Okay, because once they're granted Jordan. asylum, they, they give up their right no, to return. No, they will not go back no matter what. I'm talking about the ones that are in Jordan waiting for visas, the ones yeah. in Turkey, Lebanon. Yeah. The ones in Jordan, besides Batsan and Shoki, when they talk to people in Turkey. Yeah. The ones in Jordan, and I swear to you, this is 10 out of 10. Yeah. Every single one. Yeah. Okay? I asked them. If it was safe, if there was a safe, they said, listen, we would rather live like dogs than go back to Iraq under any circumstances. Mm -hmm. Maybe that will change later because their lives get worse and worse in In Jordan. And then they do create a safe haven, inshallah, please God. And then they hear, they start hearing, hey, it's good, come back, it's safe, blah, blah, blah. That's what it would take. Until then, they're going to want to leave. Yeah, until then, they're going to want to leave. It's going to take... It's going to take this to actually be implemented and for people to be living there and people calling their relatives from in Jordan, Syria, and saying, things are stable here. We have our own administrative unit. We actually have our own defense force that's here. They're, they're, they're powered through the central government. They have good weapons. Uh, we're, we're, having, we're having elections here. It's a bunch of Sudai and Yazidis, and everyone's comfortable. That's what it's going to take. Until then, they're going to be waiting on their U.N. papers. However, we know it takes years and years and years and God knows how long, especially with all the turmoil throughout all the, throughout the, 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 the countries right now, there are so many people who are applying for asylum. I told few of them, yeah. hey, Arbil is safe. I've been there. There is opportunity. They just shook their heads. Now, that I don't get because er, Erbil, I've, Kala, I've, I've, only, and I've only heard good things about the, those those places. I'm telling you, I, I told these people. I said I went to Ankawa the month previous. Yeah. Because I was there. In, I was in Jordan in December, right. and I was in Iraq in November the right. first time. Right. And I said, listen, I'm just trying to feel them out. Yeah. I wasn't trying to push them back or anything. I said, in Ankawa, there's safety. Your there's going to be a U.S. military base, and and, and I Erbil. gave them all a of U.S. That. military base. Like you know, that basically, if if you're going to tell me that there's going to be a U.S. military base, and I the told city, them all that, I I would. T- that's that should be the the final. It wasn't enough for them. Wow, I swear to you. Wow, I told them all that. Have you seen these videos? I think the one with had like five girls, little girls. Yeah. He said, no matter what. Not the, the the other one, they were, I think, 17, living in one family. Right. One of my earlier videos that I posted about Jordan. Right. And he said, no, he said, we went to Arbil. 
It was still difficult. We would never live. When did they? There. When did they go? So are these are these the people um, who here, left after the after the initial war? No, no. A lot of them. Here's what most of the people in Jordan, believe it or not, that I met, had the first encounter with ISIS. They lived right there. Whether it was Muslim, all those little towns, they went to Arbil, and then from Arbil. Okay. They, they, a lot of them. I mean, one girl you seen from from that fear with her hair, whatever they call that. She a lot of them had like first hand. I mean, she said fact, we heard them at night in, in the middle fact, of the night. In fact, the Vatican is going to be opening up a very prestigious university in Erbil, I know, a Catholic man. university. Not the Vatican. This is the, our bishop, Warda. But it's through the Vatican. I did an interview with it's him, and I cannot find the video, and I'm really pissed off. It's through the Vatican, though. The Vatican is the one that's funding it. No, he said. Uh, an organization gave a $3 million donation. Okay. The Kurds gave them the uh, the, the lands. Land. Okay. He, because I was telling him I'm trying to encourage the lawyers. Yeah. This is the second time. He said what we could use, what we could really use mm-hmm. is to get, for example, books, any kind of material to fill these universities. He didn't mention nothing about the Vatican. It's a French... I mean, the initial article Something I from, saw. Maybe, maybe the, the initial has, article I saw was the Vatican is going to be funding the <coughs> operation. So I did the video and I'm looking for it and I cannot find it. Okay, well, that sucks. That's what happens when no, you're holding No, but I'm, he didn't really say much. He just says we need help in getting supplies and things like that for the for the university. Really? Yeah. You know what? Well, you know what? We should have a. I saw that once it's ready. Right next to these once that's ready to you know once that's ready to open, we'll you know we'll do whatever we can to make sure that. Um, no, no, it's ready. It. He showed me the land where they started working. No, no, I'm saying once it's ready, once it's ready to open. I mean, now they need. To that's going to. That's going to. Well, they don't need supplies now. Not you know at least engage un- American universities. Hey, yeah. How can you help? Yeah. Yeah. Guys, we you know what we need to do. We need to charter some cruise ships, some really large cruise ships, and knock right on Australia's door because they will not say no. They'll take them in. They'll process them. Every Is single. Is that better than your up north idea? Every you're single you're last nuts. one of them. You're absolutely nuts if you think Is Australia that better than your up north to bring them to up north Michigan? You know what? Out. They won't get processed here, but if you show up with a boat of refugees at Australia's borders, done. They'll process That's what they should do. They should <laughs> charter cruise ships. Tony Abbott is walking, welcoming them with open arms. Every single last one of them Tony will Abbott's be running, accepted. Tony Abbott is running for election, re-election. That's, they that's they, it's, that's they, they it made is. it one of their resolutions. They passed it. The whole shot. They it's are welcoming them. It was a non-binding resolution. Doesn't mean what much. kind of resolution could you tell us? <clears throat> you need to charter cruise so ships and get them all over there. Ago. They would love it there. I would you love it what? there. That's charter me there, damn it. Hold on. It's funny he mentions that. I did get calls from Iraq. Yeah. Do you remember when that hostage situation in, in Australia? Yeah. <laughs> he said, listen, can you guys help us take advantage of the situation? Because now they're really going to be welcoming of Christians. Can you help us get visas? I swear to you, that's what he told me. I just didn't think. You know, you know what? You know what country? You know what country is, has, I, has seen a, a crazy, I don't want to say a turn, but they've shown an increased amount of um, Christian or Judaic Christian religious uh, a movement. Real? No, Canada. Really? Canada is becoming a very Christian country. I mean, it's been a Christian country, but I'm saying heavily influenced, heavily Christian influenced country. 
I want to go back to something, Nathan. You said, and we talked about this, where it's going to be very difficult for a safe haven because you have too many, too many different people opposing you. You have different Sunnis, different Shia, Kurds, Turks, whatever. What do you mean, very difficult for a safe haven? I mean, their safe haven is going to get attacked. I'm sorry to tell you that. Okay. One of them, those people will not stand for it. Right now they might. Five years from now, it's a goodbye. And I hate to put in those words. Unless you have an international force defending you. So my question to you is this. I'm not advocating this. Yeah. Why can't we all put our energy into... I know you said they only accept 70,000, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Israel did it. They got a lot, hundreds of thousands of Jews out of Russia. Oh, a lot much, of them settled in America. Much different time now. I mean, times now are, are, are much, much different. But let me tell you Let me tell you why the United States particular. We already have an immigration problem, Okay. You already have an immigration problem. Right now, this is what it would be doing. Okay, let me ask you something. Which political party sympathizes with us the most? Good question. I thought it was the Republicans. Republicans, right? Because they use they use the Christian angle. Christian, you know, persecuted Christian, anti Muslim. Deep down inside, I think it's the Democrats. You think so? Yes. Okay. Well, let's say let's say whatever it is. Let's say it's the Republicans, right? Okay. Republicans, how how do they feel about? Obama's latest immigration policy, which is pretty much allowing the illegal immigrants in the country, giving them legal status. They are torn. Some of them are for it. Some of them are against it. They absolutely hate it. Not all of them. The majority. He's using that to divide up the party. Listen, the majority hate it. The majority hate that policy. Okay? How the hell are they going to say, we're not going to allow these people to to, to, to gain legal status? But we're going to tell you to bring in this many people from a specific area in the Middle East that'll take that'll take uh, the allotment of visas. So let me give you this follow-up question. I knew you were going to go there. If our if we were Jewish, uh-huh. do you think it would have been easier for them to uh, pass laws to allow us to come? You think if we were Jewish? If we had the resources that Jews did? Yeah. No, I'm asking you right now as is. Well, as is, yeah, of course. You think they would let, oh, welcome us? Absolutely. So that's my point. Why can't we do what the Jews do? I know they're influential, blah, blah, blah. How can we tap into not only are they influ- Not only are they influential, APAC is the most influential organization in the world. Yes, I know. In the world. So why can't billions we? Billions and billions and billions. I understand that. How do you tap into that? How do we're we late? Use all our, we're late. We're fifty years late. How can we use all our brains, our financial power, all of that, to try to tap into that and see what they can do? Not just to bring them to America. Maybe some in a, take hundred thousand in Australia, hundred thousand in America, hundred to two hundred thousand in Europe, Canada. Just well, example. If I'm, I'm going to be frank, don't you think that's a little I'm bit easier fr- than the safe haven? No, I don't, because that's 50 years in the making. What you're talking about. Yeah, but to me, the safe haven would not even last 10 years. Okay, even but let's say you're not. See, it's it's hard to get people because it's hard to get people to buy into a safe haven when all they hear is just the words. There are so many not things. Not words. That, no, no, no. I, I'm different. No, okay. I know Think the future. Think envision. Of it. Envision a safe haven. I mean, you're surrounded by people who don't want just you there. Envision a sa- just envision a safe haven. Envision an, your own military, let's say t- a decade from now. 
your own military force, 30,000 people that, that are, no, that no, are no. covering – listen, your own military force uh, uh, of 30,000 people that are covering 172,000 square miles, you are going to be able to withstand – even if there is something like this, you'll be able to withstand it. No. Not only that, listen. Not only that, you start to gain sophistication. Not only with your people there, but with your people here. So when there does, when there is something like this that pops up, you have so much legitimacy based off what you've been able to accomplish back home. Your your first of all, your your money fund, your your resource funding is off the off the charts with oil revenues and things like that. You can start a uh, an exchange program with people here and people there. There, you can start foreign direct investment over, you know, with the diaspora community here to go there. Things That's will change. That's all good and dandy. That's this all is, good and dandy. But I look what, at the bad side. I look, look at what Saddam did to the Kurds. Look at what yeah, they even they, used chemical they, weapons. Look because at Saudi they went Arabia. against them. Because they look went at against the Saudi them. Arabia right because now, what they're doing in Yemen. Believe me, if they're killing their own in Yemen, okay, they're killing Shia, what makes you think they won't come after you? They're ki- because we're we don't have aspirations of toppling a, a government. No, you Our have aspirations aspir- of, of living up a piece of land that they think is theirs. No, but it's ours. It's our piece of land, and we have the right to it according to the Constitution. So they can say whatever they want, but it's it's in the Constitution. Well, yeah, but what Rafa is saying is they're going to disregard Which the Constitution. Constitution. Do you think people like ISIS? People like this crazy Shia that you mentioned, do you think these people abide by it? I'm talking about after the situation stabilizes. Do you think they abide by it? I'm talking about after the situation stabilizes. What yes, stabilizes? You're going gonna to have groups after ISIS, one after another, Habibi, because it is a, it's an idea. It's not – it's been going on for hundreds – over thousands of years, thousand years, 1,400 years. 1,400. Okay. Don't tell me the Constitution. If tomorrow the I'm Iraqi government, I'm gonna tell you the Constitution. What if the Iraqi government falls to an extremist element? Then what? Then what? Then what if Iran you know, takes over Iraq? Your hypotheticals are That's absolutely not ridiculous. Hypothetical. I can't. Hold I can't argue with on. somebody who brings up the most ridiculous hypothetical. How is situation. it ridiculous? Hold on. Hold it's on. ridiculous. Really? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Didn't it happen in Egypt? Didn't the Muslim Brotherhood take over for a while? That was because the United States allowed that to happen. Oh, here we go. Now it's United States. Yes. You understand? The United States allowed that to happen. The United States gave the go-ahead for the Arab Spring. That was when Hassan Mubarak was toppled. Okay. That brought brought about the Muslim Brotherhood. Then when they realized that the Muslim Brotherhood was going to be bad, they allowed. You the, really think they didn't know how Muslim Brotherhood was? No, they didn't. I've Who spoken to this guy, Rafid, I've spoken to the man that gave the go-ahead signal to do this. I've spoken to him. No, no, they gave the signal. They thought they were going to have a democratic government, not to the Muslim. Well, Brotherhood. yes, no. That, the, they knew the Muslim Brotherhood was was widely but they prevalent. Didn't in Egypt. They, were gonna take over. I mean, they didn't think they were going to take over. They didn't think they were going to win. Whatever it whatever it is, it was the, it was it was a signal. Not of the hypothetical. United States. Let me ask you a question. You don't think there's a chance that the Iraqi government could get toppled by an do extremist you think, do you, shower? Do you think there's a chance that we can get there can be a terrorist attack in, in Detroit? No, 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 no. Hold on. No, 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 no. You hold on. Do you think there's going to be a chance that there can no. be a terrorist attack in Detroit? No, because no? history... There's a terrorist attack in New York. There can't be a terrorist attack in Detroit? What are the odds? What are the percentages? I don't know what the odds are or the percentages. What are the odds of yours? What? Yeah. Well, look at all the other governments in the, in the Arab, in that part of the world. Tell me... Iran a, is extremist. Saudi Arabia Tell me extremist. a government that ha, that U.S. has interest in, a significant interest in, that's been toppled. I'm sorry, repeat that. Tell me a government that the U.S. has had significant interest in that's been toppled. Yemen, right now. They don't have a significant interest in Yemen. Yeah, oh, they Saudi have, Arabia they can, does. 
No, 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 no. Are you serious? Go read about it. They had the United was States. Very pro, the United pro. States does not have a significant interest in Yemen. Yes, the location is right across the street from Iran, and it's. Do you know where Yemen sits? First of all, Yemen is nowhere near Iran. Yemen is, there's, is there's, there's the Saudi waterway. Arabia I'm Peninsula. sorry, the waterway that leads into that Strait of Hormuz or whatever it is that goes into Iran. That, okay. that Yemen, the the street, it's it's really it's sitting uh, right by the Red Sea. Yep. And the Strait of Hormuz on both sides. Don't tell me. Go read all about it. They'll I am going to tell you. I've read, all, I've read all about it. There is no, there is no concrete interest in Yemen. Saudi Arabia has an interest in Yemen. We have an interest in Saudi Arabia and vice versa. But it's not like United States to Baghdad, where you have thousands of United States contractors. You have thousands of people in the United States that make money off Baghdad. You have thousands of, of United States contractors in Erbil. You have a U.S. military base that's going to be in Erbil. You have a U.S. military base in Kuwait. And it's very it's safe not right gonna, now. What's very safe? Baghdad and all of Iraq. Baghdad's very safe, and so is Erbil. What? Yeah. <laughs> Are you serious? Right? Yeah. Go talk to the bishop and everybody that just visited. Do you know how, what, what life is in Baghdad? What? From block to block, there are checkpoints. It takes you four hours. Good. Checkpoints are safe. <laughs> I want you, checkpoints. They said sometimes something that takes you half hour, it takes you four to five Beautiful. hours. Beautiful. I want there. that. It's just like uh, boarding a flight and the, the, the security really? line is Really? You go to work, it takes you five hours? Hey. You love that? Safe. Yeah. You're just trying to justify your argument. Uh, Junior, can you come and clap for him, please? Junior, come clap for me. <laughs> Unbelievable. He doesn't think there's a good chance of extremist storm. I didn't say there was. Okay. A, oh, I didn't say a that. Chance. I just said your hypotheticals are absolutely ridiculous. It's not hypothetical. It's that part of the world. It's a hypothetical. There's a big movement. When you there. say, what if Baghdad gets toppled, that's a hypothetical. Because it hasn't happened. So let, it's a hypothetical. Me, there's me, a great chance it will happen. There's let, a great chance? Like there's a greater than 50% chance it will happen? Not, uh, listen, yes, but there's a bigger, right now, again, talk to the people, even Muslims and that, they will tell you. Rafa, Who what's do you your, think Rafa, controls what's the your solution? What's your the, solution? The, the, I, I'm just. I just want to know what your solution is. No, no I, I got a question for both it's of you. It's not about what's the solution. I how, told you, how long, for safe haven, how, how but long, you need an international force, a strong force. How long has the Middle East existed as we know it? What do you mean as we know it? Well, so. Iraq and 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 we've been Christians for two thousand years. Now, okay. Okay. I mean, the Muslims that's what you came, mean? Right. The Muslims came into being fourteen hundred years ago, right? Yeah. Correct. Islam, I should say. Okay. In those last fourteen hundred years, how many years of peace has the Middle East had? How many can we say? About three hundred. So it was during the Enlightenment of Islam era, uh, era right? Uh, yeah. The yeah. The okay. Islamic Enlightenment era, era. So unless. And we we've all agreed on this before and stated it, but I, I guess I want to reiterate and restate it. Anyway, unless <clears throat> unless Islam reforms majorly, yeah. then it it's going to continue to be the root of the problem over there. I was always like, you know, oh, so you have the- constitution, this constitution. Are they going to abide by it? No way. I mean, it's 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 very questionable, and all because I, I will blame this. I am going to blame this on the religion. You have to force it's, them. You have to force them. That religion thing is a old is a old thing now, especially if it's against us. It's really a Shia and Sunni. I know it's religion, but that's what it's boiling down to today, especially what's going on with Saudi and Yemen and Iran, and it's straight up Shia 
versus Sunni. And we were caught in the middle. And when we got caught in the middle, really they Saudi took Arabia. advantage of us. Really, it's Saudi Arabia versus Iran. They, they took it. advantage of us. That's all it was to Do it. Do you remember when I said it in the beginning, oh, what causes this was behind it? And I kept on saying Saudi Arabia, even Turkey. Turkey has, I think all of this was created as a buffer because of the Shia bloc. When you have Lebanon, Syria, Iraq, and Iran. They're just trying to put something, a cancer, right in the middle to split all of that because it was coming, becoming one block. And Israel is pro-Sudney. No, I don't think so. 100%. I don't think so. There, if you want, if you, I don't think, look, that's like saying, what are you? Are you pro this or are you pro that? No, you prefer something. As far as in the political arena, they are pro Sunni. They're pro, they, the, they would prefer. I'm not saying the actual people or whatever. They prefer the government Sunnis. Is pro they they Sunnis. prefer Sunnis. They they trade. Their trading partners are with Sunni countries, and uh, their enemies are, you know, Hezbollah mainly, which is heavily backed by Iran. So, but Omar, to get back to your point, I absolutely agree with you. It, it, it's very philosophical, more than just military. It, that's that's the root of the problem. We have to address the the fundamentalism behind it, behind Wahhabism and, and these types of movements. And so that brings everybody to the next question: Is is that likely to happen? I mean, that's probably going to take as much time, if century. not more time. Yeah, a century I mean, probably. We're we'll more, more likely to create a safe haven than they are to to eliminate the fundamentalism. So yeah. It's uh, we'll be we'll be dead before then. Oh yeah, it's it, I mean definitely. It's uh, I don't think we're gonna see anything major changes, uh, you know, anything major change during our lifetime, you know. So and, and I have seen though more now, especially over the past year or so, of people specifically calling out Saudi Arabia, you know, countries that promote Wahhabism. It it might happen faster than we think. It really might, because right now, today's age, technology, uh, this technology-driven age where we're, we could see things that are happening uh, within seconds and not only see things, but see things that we've never seen before. Uh, you know, beheadings in the streets. Of that states always like, happens in Saudi Arabia. Right, that's what I'm saying. Right, that's what I was going to say. You could see these. You could see those. You could see public beheadings in Tehran or public, you know, Tehran, Iran or public beheadings in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. You can see that. It's and it's it's starting to people are starting to take note of it. That these two power brokers in the Middle East are responsible for the majority of executions. This is in their constitution. It's in their their state laws. It's it's uh, it's justified. The more and more people become aware of it, the faster we'll see change. I doubt it. No matter what. Because, guys, no matter what, is Islam going anywhere? No, absolutely it's not. It's not going anywhere. No. So, there has to be, so there has to be an education period. There has to be an enlightenment period. There, we have to force that. It just has to happen. They're not going anywhere. At some point, there is going to have to be a moment where people coexist. There, there really was one. I mean, in the anyway, 60s, 70s, to, uh, there were... Before we conclude the show, go ahead, uh, Nathan. What's up? What's coming up? Tell us. Uh, we have, well, first of all... The two rivers to teach. No, well, first of all, we have the Chaldean Chamber Dinner. 
Uh, April 17th, Rafid will be honored at the Chaldean Chamber Dinner as Humanitarian of the Year. I wish they would change the name to the whiniest piece of shit of the year. I'm just kidding. Love no, you. you can't win it. <laughs> <laughs> They're also going to be awarding... Oh, Rafid, who's the guy that's winning the other award? Rafid, who's the gentleman who's winning the other award? Uh, uh, Mark Sarafa. Mark Sarafa? And Mark Sarafa. And Mark Sarafa. Uh, so that's Friday, April 17th. Uh, we also have the Teach fundraiser in the evening between two rivers on May 15th at Regency Manor. Uh, we're still asking people to help sponsor that event. Uh, as many people that could attend as possible, please. We are hoping event. for a great turnout, and we're hoping that we raise a lot of money to be sent to our struggling people yes. back home. And another way they can help, right now the biggest need, the biggest need is the medical we have 10 clinics under Mercy, the Medical Emergency Relief for Christian Iraqis. Listen, we have this program called 24 Mercy. It's only $20 a month to keep these clinics going. Some of these clinics are seeing 250 to 300 no, patients a day. Don't say it's only $20 a month to keep the to clinics going. No, so, I mean, asking as, $20 a month we're asking as yeah. low as $20. Yeah. So please, please support this program. You can call our office, 248-406-2052. What else do we have? Well, we need to know what the main. We hope. Is. We hope. Well, let's actually let's make sure everybody keeps the bishop um, in, their in their prayers and in their minds. He has a very important about four week stretch coming up of meetings, and uh, uh, you know he's going to be be doing a bunch of traveling. So make sure you guys all uh, keep the bishop uh, in your thoughts. Uh, we need to know what the major announcement. Omar, is. what is it? You've been. I've been asking really? you what I've the major announcement is going to be. You've been jerking my arm since the since earlier today. What, what, what's Don't going on that. here? Don't say jerk. Oh my god. Okay. Uh, I um I didn't want to say this, but I I don't even know how to say it. Okay. The uh, the major announcement is that um, I'm finally coming out of the closet. Oh my goodness, that is major. Wow. What? Coming out of the closet? Yep. What are you talking oh about? Oh my God, how long have you been this way? <laughs> well, I've been trying to keep it quiet, but. Um, so, were you, you know, I, I have to ask you this question. There's a huge debate about that. No, no, when did you Hold figure on, this were out? Were you born with it, or did you just. When did you figure this out? That's exactly what I'm asking him, because there's a huge debate between science and religion. And uh, I've known about. I actually it. have somebody that I could hook you up with, man. Man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's a man. I mean, listen, Boo. It's. <laughs> I mean, look, you're putting me on the spot here. This is not right, and we're on the air. Hey, Boo. This is not even cool. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I I didn't know. I mean, what? I am not sitting in this chair anymore. <laughs> Omar, I am shocked. I, I mean, those, everybody's uh, speechless right now. All those talks we had. I mean, I wasn't expecting this. Wow. Yeah. Well, a lot of those talks were um, me trying. Me trying to uh, live I'm, the. I'm moving my office out. That's enough. Well, 
Steve, I always did kind of think you were, you know, cute. <laughs> what the fuck? No. No. Lord help us. It's Holy Week. Jeez. I mean, uh... <laughs> what the... Oh, my God. What's, uh... I'm out of here. <laughs> hey, Rafa, I think I'm you're kind of cute, man. too. Show's over on that last... This is the last week for me, guys. I don't know about this anymore. Why? What are you? You don't like you don't like gay people? Oh, here well, we what's go. Your, listen, what's your problem against gays? Rafid, I need your help. Rafid! What, what is your problem against gays? Rafid! Okay. I got the PC crew in here. Come on, help me. Here you go. <laughs> All right, well, I, what can I say? You're a Democrat now? Well, Omar, I wish you the best. Uh, <laughs> I'm here to support you. You're my uh, you're my friend. If you need anything, just let me know. Have a good night, everyone. You. Happy Easter. Happy, happy Holy Easter, Week. And right. happy You're April Fools. Fools. Happy April Fools. What? We'll be back next week. Right, Steve? <laughs> I hope. I don't know. <laughs> what the hell's going on? There was no closet. I broke down the door a long time ago. We'll be back next week. <laughs> Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.